Good morning. I am reading from T.S. Eliot's Four Quartets. It's poetry written by Eliot during World War II when he was in England. And it's about the still point. At the still point of the turning world, neither flesh nor fleshless, neither nor from nor towards, at the still point, that's where the dance is, but neither arrest nor movement. Do not call it fixity, where the past and present are gathered, neither movement from nor towards, neither ascent or decline, except for the point, the still point. There would be no dance, and there is only the dance. I can only say that we have been, but I cannot say where, and I cannot say how long, for that is to place it in time, the inner freedom from practical desire, the release from action and suffering, relief from the inner and the outer compulsion, yet surrounded by a sense of grace, a white light still and moving, heaven-bung, without motion, concentration, without elimination, both a new world and an old made explicit, understood in the completion of its partial ecstasy, the resolution of its partial horror. Yet, the enrichment of the past and the future, woven into the weakness of the changing body, protects mankind from heaven and damnation, which flesh cannot endure. If you want to get uh, someone to read something difficult, get a professional, which is why <laughs> I thought, who am I going to get to read this T.S. Eliot? No, there's only one person in our community who can get that across. And thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciated you being willing to read that because uh, Eliot's not easy to read. But it was perfect, I thought, um, for today because... Um, we're not having, we've had a sort of harvest festival over the last couple of years, but we're not having a, a sort of official harvest festival this year. Um, but it seemed to me um, a good time, you know, to mark the equinox. And it, we are at the equinox at the moment. And that's the, the, the date or time in which the sun crosses the celestial equator when the day and the night are of equal length. That's the equinox. And it was the 22nd of September, just past now. And it means we're now in fall, autumn, if you're in the UK. Uh, and I don't know about you, but this summer seems to have come very fast indeed. And here we are now with ice on our windscreens in the morning. The night's coming in and it's getting colder. Luckily, our new boiler works, as you can feel at the moment. And I know there is the lure of the slopes Jill said to me, did you see the snow on Highlands as you came in today? There is that lure that comes in. 
But like those three kings in T.S. Eliot, uh, when he was, they were describing, uh, I, uh, T.S. Eliot says in, the, in the, that poem, uh, uh, The Journey of the Magi, I am already regretting the summer palaces on the slopes, the terraces, and the silken girls bringing sherbet. Not that there was any of that at my house, really, but uh, <laughs> it's the idea of that. You know, the cycle of life passes with such obviousness in the seasons. And yet, it's so interesting, in our own lives, we try and keep everything the same, which, of course, we can't. We seem to think that if we can keep on the road at 40 miles an hour, we can just go on forever. And yet, in our lives, we too have those cycles that happen in life. In the biggest terms possible, In the universe, there is the cycle of the birth and death of stars that happens. You know, black holes, that hugeness of space. There is a cycle that goes on there. And then you have the planets, the cycles that go around the sun. We have our turning world, the years, the seasons, the months, the days, the hours, the minutes, the seconds. All turning and we have our own birth and life and death, the, the seven ages of man. The, we have the menstrual cycle, our cycles of fertility. We have the way our blood pumps around our bodies. We have our breath, all of it in our life, living in cycles, cycles out there, cycles in here. And then we have the cycles in an even smaller space. We have the atoms and the molecules and the electrons, and everything else going round in cycles. And if you get a picture of it, the whole of creation is like an enormous giant gyroscope. Everything moving around everything else. And all those circles moving in circles, and we are part of that. And all creation is in that motion. And as we sit here fixed in the Aspen Chapel looking at each other, it doesn't feel like that. But it is the case. Whether we know it or not, those cycles are taking place outside us, in us, in our lives. And it goes right the way down to our personal lives. We have cycles of birth and life and death. We have cycles of health, of ill health, and maybe back to health again. We have cycles of happiness, sadness, and hopefully back to happiness again. Cycles in our wealth, cycles in our emotions and cycles in our fortunes generally. That wonderful quote from Khalil Gilbran that brings all of this together, he says, and could you keep your heart in wonder at the daily miracles of your life? Your pain would not seem less wondrous than your joy. And you would accept the seasons of your heart, even as you've always accepted the seasons that pass over the fields. And you would watch with serenity through the winters of your grief, the cycles going past. You know, fall's an interesting time. You know, the blush of summer turns into one final flash in the pan of gold before it falls to the ground and dies. And it seems sad to see the trees stripped of their leaves and become bare, of the landscape turning grey, as we prepare for cold. But there's that lovely line in John's Gospel, 
unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. And I think that perfectly shows the importance of cycles in our life. They, those cycles are the agents of rebirth. Often we only focus on the death side of things. But really, they, they are about rebirth. You know, a forest fire that reduces everything to ash, only for it to clear a space that more may grow. And those leaves on the trees going to make up more compost and bring forth new life. And in our own lives, you know, those times of loss and sadness that are really there to make way for something new. And yet we get stuck in our cycles. We identify with one part of the cycle or another, and therefore we refuse to move forward. We often don't see our life in a cycle, but we see it as a straight line. And therefore, when we like a bit of road, we want to get off and stay there. We want to have a bit of work done in our face. We want to just, you know, stay, stay the same as we always have been. And, you know, there's a whole industry set up just so that we can stay exactly as we always have been. But in reality, as we all know, all is impermanence. You cannot favour a single spoke of a bicycle wheel. You know, you can't say, well, I like this spoke of the bicycle wheel always wanting this particular spoke to be on the ground. The movement happens because all the spokes are moving and the wheel is turning. And so I think it is with the way we feel about our lives. The Apanishads say that happiness is a product of the mind alone. It is a disposition that we create that allows us to enjoy the scenery. However, to aim for happiness is to aim at something that's created by the mind and so has no real permanence. The moment we try to be happy, we often fail. So happiness can't be our goal in life, just like sunshine cannot be the only weather, unless you live in California, and that that brings its own problems, of course. It's only by a variety of weather that life comes about. It's only by the change of the seasons that the conditions for new life come about. And we can't expect our lives to forever be on an even keel. We can't expect to maintain one feeling or one experience above another. And we have to become T.S. Eliot's still point in a turning world. I'm so pleased Jane said that that was written during World War II. You can imagine the turbulence that was going on in that war when he wrote that poem. At the still point of a turning world, neither flesh nor fleshless, neither from nor towards. At the still point, there the dance is, but neither arrest nor movement, but do not call it fixity. At this equinox, we have to realise that all about us is turning and all within us is turning. Everything is in change. And yet we're still stubbornly trying to keep things the way they are. We want that fixity in our lives to hold on to something, a feeling, an attitude, a value, a way of doing things, anything that gives us a firm horizon that does not move. We look for that firm horizon. But you see, that's not possible. We have 
We have to become that still point in the turning world. You can't look out there for that still point. We have to become it. That is the trick in living, to know that the still point is within us and not something to hold on to. We have to contain that movement outside, to be, to be that inner freedom that contains all the change that goes on around us. And when we do that, we bring order to all that's going on around us. We bring the order. Rather than trying to seek order in something that seems really an ever-changing roller coaster. Order's not out there. It's in here. Stillness is not out there. It's in here. The still point of the turning world. If we do not contain what happens, if we cannot be Rumi's guest house that contains all. A quote from Rumi's guest house. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. If we can't be that, if we can't entertain all, then we must suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune and be forever tied to the wheel of life that plunges us from one experience to the other, the torture of the unconscious. And all that we can witness reminds us of those cycles. We have to choose to contain them, to be free from being at the effect of what comes our way. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. And in these cycles of life, in these cycles is our creativity. And a part of that is the many deaths that we all have to go through at all these different times in our lives. Just as the day ends and the night comes along, and as our life ends in death, so every minute, every second, every moment includes death. The death of now. And now. And the death of now. Each now dying. And letting go of those thoughts now. And now. And now. Letting go of those thoughts. And letting go of those feelings now. And now. And now. To resist that movement is to remain in death rather than have death move us through. To resist the movement is to remain in death, rather than have death move us through. We do not always remain in winter. We move through it. Which is, I think, why that C.S. Lewis's analogy of the permanent winter in the Narnia stories is so strong. The White Queen makes a permanent winter in the Narnia stories. The idea that no one is moving on. And anyone that tries is turned to stone, is petrified, literally, in Narnia. Anyone that tries to move on is turned to stone. When we become petrified by life, we cannot move on. We're literally turned to stone by our refusal to move on. In Ezekiel, it says, a new heart also I give you, and a new spirit will I put in you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. 
That heart of flesh is the one that's the still point in the turning world. It is not stone, it is a responsive heart of flesh. And we contact it, we contact that through the cycles of our breath. That is where we contact that still point. The in and the out. The inner world and the outer world. In our breath is the still point of the turning world. Richard Raw, who's spoken here a few times, always says that the Jewish word for God, Yahweh, is actually the sound of breath. He just goes, Yah, Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. And that is being pointed to our breath as the gateway to God. The name of God has no name in Jewish, but Yahweh is the name that is given. It is the name of breath. By being that still point, we contain the cycles that go on around us and in us. We hold on to nothing. We take in what's there and we give out what's there. The inner world and the outer world. The two meeting in that union, that union of breath, that yoga. The meaning of the word yoga is literally union. The union of the inner world and the outer world. Even in Underhill's definition of mysticism is the art of union with reality. The inner world and the outer world coming together through the cycle of breath. There is the still point in the turning world. And nowhere is it more obvious than fall. The turn of the leaves, the change of the temperature, light to dark. If we cannot witness it, if we're caught up in our fears as to where it will lead, we become petrified in that eternal winter and unable to move towards spring and summer as is our promised. If we don't choose to move with these cycles, we're condemned to be thrown around by them. And that's the point of coming to a place like this on Sunday, to experience that still point in the turning world, to find a place where we're not thrown about by what we hear on the news or what our doctors told us, or what our brokers told us. But instead, we, be- we become the wholeness that contains it all. We contain everything. We contain the politics. We contain our health. We contain the weather. We are the still point in that. And by doing that, we bring an influence that's from a different level of consciousness. One where we accept the seasons of our hearts, even as we've always accepted the seasons that pass over the fields. And that's so important. For some people, somewhere, not to be caught up in everything. Not to be on the sidelines either, but to be involved, bringing a new perspective so that others may see a new way. And you know, there's nothing to do. There's no protest to make, nothing to combat, because you see it all as part of the cycles that go to make up life the eternal movement to and from polarities that are in themselves the essence of all that is, from light to dark, from death to life, from good to bad, from wise to stupid, from loving to hating, from fearing to trusting. Life is a movement between these polarities and life only occurs with that movement. The rest is death. 
the permanent winter, petrification. So be light with the world. Treat it lightly. Dance with it. Because all life depends on our ability to do that. Okay, let's just pray. We do pray for our world and pray for that lightness and willingness to move with the times and move with who we are. Pray for those in desperate situations, those in Puerto Rico, those still suffering in the Caribbean from the hurricanes, those suffering in Southeast Asia with their floods and hurricanes there, those suffering in Myanmar, in prisons all over the world, in difficult circumstances. Pray for North Korea, for the relationship between King Jong-un and Donald Trump, that there may be a peace and a sense of peace within that. Pray for a whole world that that movement, that cycle, may continue to produce life and that that love that you offer may come into us and through us into the world. We pray for those in our community that we know are suffering at the moment. We've particularly been asked uh, to pray for a daughter who's going to London for an internship. We pray for Anne Bayard, who is gradually recovering from her operation. Pray for Sharon Wells, Elise Strickland, for Anne Lindley, for Joan Valentine, Lee Bouguet, for Soleil, for Tegan Sullivan, just had an operation, for Barbara Orcutt, Molly McCarthy Coman, for Pat Smith, Will Welsh, and Patricia Hill. Lord, we ask your healing power in all these situations, all these people. In Jesus' name, amen.